Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Thursday and welcome to another episode of Bitcoin Magazine Live. I'm your host Q coming to you yet again from Nashville at Bitcoin Magazine HQ and I'm joined by my co-host P. How goes it P? As always, it goes fantastically. We got a special surprise today. Our original guest, Amandrick, unfortunately is unable to join us, but we've done you one better. We're bringing in incredible filmmaker, Pleb Music. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here, guys. Very, very nice to see you. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for joining us. I think the title of the show today is appropriate. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but live by Bitcoin, die by Bitcoin. I guess it does kind of because your show is about living by Bitcoin. So I take yeah. that back. Just the first thing I said, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what the show that you are launching tomorrow is about and then we're going to play the trailer for it and then go through it from there yeah sure so my name is Pleb music i would define myself as a content creator and filmmaker and yeah what i'm basically working on or have been working on the last weeks and months is a new show called coiners travel guide which basically wants to show the world or coiners what is happening like outside their own house you know basically just open up the to the community what is happening in different countries so what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna travel different countries different cities and report what is happening there regarding to bitcoin and uh, we have yeah the, the first episode is gonna be in amsterdam which is pretty cool and we we always combine it with some challenges so it's not just showing okay what's happening in this country and how far is the adoption towards hyper bitcoinization but it's also showing like how it is to live on a bitcoin standard like the title says it's live by bitcoin die by bitcoin so for this first episode i actually got on a challenge of like surviving 48 hours by only using bitcoin so i didn't have any euros no dollars no other currency and yeah so this is basically what we what we do and yeah, excited to show the plebs around the world and open up the, the Bitcoin community to different countries. Love it. Love it. Well, let's roll the tape. What do you think? Should we do it? Oh, let's go. All right, here we go. Take you on a journey and show you how real this internet money is. I'll be taking you to various cities around the globe to report on what's going on with Bitcoin. My first stop will be in Amsterdam. I'm going to try to survive for 48 hours solely on Bitcoin. There will be no euros, no dollars or no other currency used for transactions besides Bitcoin. I love the super intense music. Man, you got you got to get hyped for it, you know? What should I say? Fuck yeah. I feel like I feel like it's like oh god the trailer what's the the one of the new Star Wars movies where it's like there's this like really intense like uh, the one with like Jyn Erso you know where it's like dun 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 and there's this like siren blaring that's what that's the, yeah. the we also have a lot of lightsabers in the episodes and like yeah it's it's basically Star Wars 2.0 I'm glad you took but, the creative notes I gave you yeah 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 it, so it, it, it sounds very... better than the last Star Wars trilogy <laughs> yeah. I didn't even watch the new ones. I think I, I I was big into Star Wars back in the days, but but yeah. Hikey Wokey Rogue One, the one that P just referenced, 
is actually excellent. Really? Excellent. Gotta watch it. Gotta Wait, what do you think? Yeah. Can we do the, uh, I think, oh. uh, I hate this view. It's too intense. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, we're going back to this one. So take us through, like, where did this idea come from? You mentioned it a little bit just a second ago, but yeah. like, what other, what other concepts did you consider exploring? Why did you choose Amsterdam as the first place to start? You know, let's yeah. start there. Yeah. So why I ch chose the concept of like surviving 48 hours basically is I have this, I have this feeling that the, there's a big misconception in the world, or maybe we can even talk about it here. But I think that a lot of people still think that Bitcoin is a scam and that you can't really use Bitcoin in a day to day on a day to day basis because it's so volatile because oh, it's so slow, you know, and all of the FUD happening. And basically it I was just also wondering, okay, is like, I know for me it's true, but can I also use it in normal, in the normal world, you know? And basically the only thing you can do is by trying, you know, you, you can experience it by trying. So basically I was just like, yeah, okay, fuck it. Let's make 48 hours and try to survive. And to be honest, it was quite hectic because obviously hyper Bitcoinization isn't there yet. And there were some some problems that I ran into, which I didn't think that I would run into. So it was also for me quite, quite good to see, yeah, where we are right now on the, on the way to hyper-Bitcoinization. But yeah, that was basically why I chose it. And I think as the first episode, it's very important to just highlight for people who aren't into Bitcoin, who are maybe more critical about it, to really show, okay, it's something that you can use on a day-to-day -day basis. And there might, or there is a future for this technology. And I think this was the goal for this episode. I'm really excited to, to see what the feedback of the community is, of all of you guys in the chat as well. And yeah, this was kind of the approach we took with the first episode. And yeah. And how many episodes are there going to be total? Ha, this is still a secret. Okay. All secret. right. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah. more than one less than 2000 i'm making a note here um yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what were like what were, like when you were filming this first episode what were the what were some of the things that were that specifically were difficult to navigate was it sort of the you know trying to buy illicit drugs trying to hire a hitman what was the that's easy that's okay. that's super easy <laughs> got it got it <laughs> no so the thing was just to find the outlets where you could use it and at some point, it was very hard in Amsterdam, to be honest, because we, I wanted to do this with, without preparing. So it wasn't that I had like, oh, I'm going to research a month where I could use it, uh, where, could, where the Bitcoin ATMs are and so on. So it was rather just like, okay, let's just go there. Let's see what happens. And so there were a lot of problems because like, for example, it's very hard to like, to to film and to to talk with a lot of people while not eating for 14 hours because you basically don't get any food for 14 hours because no one's gonna accept bitcoin and <laughs> i think i think a big learning though was for this episode that it's really just about talking to the people and like showing that it's real because like most of them just don't know anything about bitcoin and once you kind of take the time to explain it to them to onboard it onboard them they understand the value behind bitcoin and what what it can be used on a daily basis but i think 
this was like the problem. A lot of people didn't even go into this discussion of being like, ah, okay, what is it? Because all of the people who were open to me explaining what Bitcoin is and how they could accept it, all of them accepted it, you know? But it's just like a lot of people have this, this I think this wrong, they, they have caught in a wrong narrative about Bitcoin. And once they hear Bitcoin, they immediately reject it and say, ah, no, it's a scam. I don't want to have to do anything without it. But I mean, it's also weird if there's like uh, some, some weird guy, some German guy asking you if you want to have some Bitcoin, if they're going to take you on a board. So boat. So I can understand why it might be a little bit scammier. But I think this is like the problem which I ran into, just like people not being open and being like, ah, Bitcoin is a scam. I don't want to talk with you. Well, since P's, muted. P is muted, as tends to happen on this show what was you know what was a moment where you were kind of sweating what was like a thing that you were trying to get your hands on that no one was accepting bitcoin for that took a minute to find food. besides food yeah yeah food food what but the thing is we we got food but as you know i'm a seed oil disrespecter shout out to the seed oil disrespectors like the food we got was like very bad food you're gonna see it in the episode it's like yeah i wasn't happy <laughs> just I a gallon of of canola oil or some shit yeah it, it's 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 so bad like yeah but i like because it took so long to get some food i i just ate it you know but one thing which i really struggled with was like i wanted to go on a boat with Bit by paying with bitcoin because like bitcoiners love boating and so we yeah what we do tried. you love bro <laughs> I love boating. <laughs> and, we, yeah. and disrespecting seed oils. Okay, I see I see your personality. Yeah, it's very predictable with the name, right? Down here. Yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah, boating was a challenge, I would say. Yeah, we. it, it took like 45 minutes for me to... Oh, no. I don't want to spo spoil it too much, but I didn't... Me myself, I wasn't able to get on a on a boat with Bitcoin. So we 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 yeah we there's some yeah you're gonna see it. But I, me personally, I didn't manage to pay for Bitcoin. Yeah, but then that's the scene where then immediately afterwards you dress up like a sort of an 1800 style abalone diver and like a frogman go in the water, attach yourself like a limpet to yes. the side of a steamship, and then just. Do that with your Bitcoin. Is That's that right? the thing I didn't want to spoil. Thanks, P. Fuck, I'm sorry, um, dude. I also, I'm realizing we didn't make it super clear at the top. We did play the the epic Star Wars themed lightsaber battle, including trailer. If you missed that, I'm so sorry. It, you've you've you failed yourself and your children. But yeah. we didn't actually say. I don't think that the first episode premieres tomorrow. Did we say that yet? I don't think so. No. Yeah, yeah, we fucked it up. The first episode of this incredible show premieres tomorrow on the Bitcoin Magazine YouTube channel. So mark your calendars, get ready. It's going to go live at 12.30 Central Time. You do not want to miss it. How long is the first episode? 20 minutes. 20 minutes, nice. 20, so, so good, yeah. clean 20 minutes. How many you times know, do you like over the weekend, Over the weekend, you you got to watch it. It's, it's, it's a fun watch, I, I hope. And like, seriously, Tell me what you like, what you don't like about it. I'm I'm very open for it. It's yeah. I'm I was grinding hard into this. Oh, that's what she said. 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> Those are your words, not mine, but I'm now imagining you just like with like a, uh, a super nice camera. We're talking like, you know, Leica lenses, uh, maybe Zeiss. Uh, you know what I was thinking? Angle. Okay. I have a business idea, guys. Let me know it. what you think. Porns, but with crazy, crazy drones and stuff like that. There's the, the, like, the, like, first of all, I, I want to just comment on and tell you how endearing it is that you added an S to that. So it wasn't porn, it was porns, uh, like, you know, porns plural. Okay. We're, no, we're doing beautiful. something right on this show that two days in a row we're talking about porn. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, there's over 100 people live watching us. Tell us in the chat whether you, you like this area of the conversation or don't. If you don't, go fuck yourself. But please continue. I love the idea of yeah. drones flying around, multiple exactly. camera angles, all that stuff. Yeah. So, so, so one thing I, I, I started recently is like I have, an, I have a new drone. I can get it later. But it's kind of like a, a very special drone, which not, normally you have like the drone footage, which, which go like this, right? But I, during the last months, I trained to fly a very special drone, which is called, it's like a FPV drone. So basically what it does is like, it's a racing drone where you just put a GoPro on top of it. And therefore you, you like, you can do like the sickest shots ever, which are like, like a hawk flying through, through the world kind of. And basically getting back to the porn idea, I was like, like they there must be an option to combine it, you know, like flying like super dope, like buttons down and yeah, ending up at a very special location. And I'm, I want to, <laughs> I want to outsource this to, to the void because I'm also proud. Yeah. Cedar disrespecter. And like th th this idea is for, for the world. If you want to do it, learn how to try the. <laughs> Thank you. You're so generous. You yeah, are I such know. a kind, giving, generous person. I know. Thank you for I'm this just imagining the world. I'm just imagining this 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 epic traditional film that we're talking about making here of how babies are made. And I'm imagining you <laughs> flying in on, you know, like a racing drone. And I don't know if you guys have watched these in the audience, but they're fucking crazy. Like that I mean, it's it's yeah, extremely fast paced. How fast do they go? They go like 50, 60, 70 miles. For, no, I don't know miles, but 150 kilometers per hour, something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Like they're, like they're very, very fast. That's, that's crazy. Okay, so basically it's going to be these shots, but everybody is going to be like projectile vomiting while they're watching this all over themselves because they're going to get horrible motion sickness. Yeah. yeah Maybe that's true. part of the thrill, but that's the, exciting, the, man. Yeah. The, the, the interesting thing about it is basically you... You, like you fly them with having VR goggles on, so it's not like you like normal drones. You you see like this, but because it's so fast, you, you are kind of immersed into like flying them. And basically, you have your VR goggles on, and there's another camera on the racing drone, which basically live transmits what you see. So yeah, this is this is how you learn it, and like. It's it's like proper learning. Like I was like for hours in a fucking simulator to to learn how to fly it because yeah, it's super hard to do so. And yeah, but I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Wait, I'm gonna I'm yeah. It's yeah, you gotta get it. You gotta show it to us yeah. now. That's it without the propellers. That's how 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 it looks like. Oh wow, that looks like an insect. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Um, so is this actually, 
is this actually for you're going to use this for cinematography or for filming or is this just for fun? No, it is it is for cinematography. And it's kind of like YouTubers started using it a couple of years ago, but it's still not that it's still not not a lot of people do it. So by using this, yeah, I'm kind of like trying to do like the next quality step because yeah, if you if you see shots like this the first time you 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 they are pretty dope and yeah. And but it is kind of like people hack it for cinematography and now like the big movies start doing it as well. Like I think in the, I think the, one of the first one was like the new James Bond one where, where he drives up like with this car up the, yeah, the scene, this was filmed with an FPV drone as well. So like they, like Hollywood and all of those people that like they start to implement them now. Interesting. Interesting. So how did you get started in film? How did that happen? And then what led you into Bic? So actually I was, uh, that's why my name, my name is Pleb Music. So I started out in, in the music industry, basically uh, producing songs. And uh, I also studied music or music business. And I, yeah, I, I produced my own songs and was kind of like an artist in the fiat world. And at some point I... I worked for big labels and I worked for Warner Music, for example, and Universal Music. And I, I don't know, like during that period of time, I discovered Bitcoin and I got down the rabbit hole. And it was for me, it was at some point like I didn't want to work in the music industry anymore because like the music industry is the most fiat thing you could work in because basically what it is like nowadays it's just like optimizing for for clicks and it's not about the quality anymore so what some labels started doing is basically just harvesting talkers or influencers putting them together with a with a producer and produce some about the influencer and basically i was of the opinion that this is all bullshit and the music industry kind of the quality in the music industry is super declining. And then I was like, okay, fuck, I want or I need to to work in the Bitcoin because like, I guess all of you know it, once you are in, in the rabbit hole, like your life totally changes and all of your perceptions of life and values. And so I decided for myself, okay, I want to work in the in the Bitcoin industry but I couldn't code. I didn't have any experience which would be like connected to, to Bitcoin. And so I was like this music producer thinking, okay, what the fuck should I do to contribute to the, to the Bitcoin industry? And then at some point I joined Bitcoin Twitter. And yeah, this kind of like changed my, my profession in a way because I started doing audio memes. So the people who followed me like, a couple of years back, they they might remember, but like this is how pleb music started. I did I, I took famous podcast clips and remixed them as a song. So basically, you had like Michael Saylor singing a song, or like battling battling Peter Schiff or something, but in a song cut on the cut on the the the, the beat and. For this, I learned how to edit video because I 
with when I was 14, I made some some of my own videos and made like that my music videos when I was an artist. But it wasn't that I that I'm like a professional video editor or something. And then, but then I was like, okay, fuck, this is so this makes so much fun. I want to do this more. And then. With this, I learned like I was like every day learning how to edit, and at some point, I got like my first jobs. I worked for a couple of Bitcoin podcasters and edited their podcasts because I'm yeah an audio engineer. And then I transitioned to editing their videos and so on. So it was like a smooth transition from the music part into the video part. And yeah, I was now I'm of the opinion it's way like I have so much fun editing videos because I think I can use what I learned from my music side with like also visual connections. And yeah, now I'm here making some drone shots and yeah, videos. (laughs) That was a very long explanation. No, no, that was fantastic. It's fantastic. I'm just continually distracted by the size of Q's mic and how it like covers his entire face. You look like Darth Vader, but I'm into it. It's on ASMR. (laughs) Oh my God. Hey guys, this is Q from Bitcoin Magazine Live. I just want to let you know that tickets for Bitcoin Amsterdam are on sale now. The largest Bitcoin conference in Europe will take place from October 12th to 14th. More details can be found at b.tc forward slash conference forward slash Amsterdam. Use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your Bitcoin Amsterdam tickets today. If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's both a free and paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts break down what's going on in the markets so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com. Uh, yeah. How how have sort of the European adventures been? I mean, Club Music, the last time we had a chance to chat with you on the show, you were gallivanting all over the world, checking out different citadels with Citadel Hunter. How how has it progressed? Do you find that, you know, throughout this journey that you started a couple of years ago now, or at least a year ago, has it gotten easier to be using Bitcoin as you're bouncing around places? I would say it is easier, but it's not easy yet. So you really have to want to use Bitcoin in a way. And yeah, I didn't manage to go to El Salvador yet. I don't know how easy it would be in a country which adopted it as legal tender. But in Europe, it's still pretty hard. And there are workarounds. For example, you could work on a, like, I use a Bitcoin uh, credit card, for example, which is topped on with Bitcoin, or you could go to an ATM and withdraw crash cash there. But I would say it's still a la- like it's still challenging to to totally work on or live on a Bitcoin standard. But this is kind of also what I want to explore because I think it's it's very important also for future generations or for for like future Bitcoiners or people who just don't even know about Bitcoin, but use it to kind of document how all of this started and also to, to show them, Hey, it's, it wasn't an easy process. It's like, like we might have some fights what we have like with now with like the proof of stakers and all the shit coiners, but like 
it's just like I feel like the this is an exciting time to be part of something that that is so big like sound money and I think it's good to go through this processes to to learn okay it's very hard to to use it on a daily basis but this makes it obviously also hard for the mainstream to adopt it yet but we're gonna get get there slowly but surely if you can go ahead i was gonna say how many how many films or like film projects have you been part of to date oh a lot so I worked on a lot of intros of other Bitcoin shows and a lot of podcasts. So yeah, I, like yeah, I worked. I'm behind the scenes of a lot of a lot of things, and this is kind of like how my editing, I would say, accelerated that fast because I was, I was just doing what I love, like editing and doing it on Bitcoin content, and yes, that's how I learned to to animate stuff and and so on, and. Yeah, I feel I don't even know to be honest. It's been I've I've worked on I think five or six different Bitcoin podcasts in the beginning. Then obviously all the Bitcoin magazine podcasts, which which are all awesome live shows. So I've been I've been quite around. I would say I I can't answer this with a number. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's your favorite podcast? Do you listen to podcasts? I do. Although lately I've been like, there's been so much going on. It's hard for me to like find time to do it. I mean, Citadel Dispatch is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Rabbit hole recap. Th- those are, those are two of my like steadfast ones. I really like Preston Pish's podcast. I mean, honestly, there's too many to mention. There's so many. It's hard, right? It's, it's really, like, it's it, really, really hard. I actually have to schedule in my day now. Like when <laughs> I, li- I mean, I'm not even joking. Like when I listen to podcasts, because you know, I want to like stay abreast of everything that's going on. I want to hear everybody's thoughts and opinions and their analysis, but it, it is tough. What about you? It's like, I agree. It's, it's, there's so much good Bitcoin con- content out there now. It's, it's very hard mm-hmm. to keep up. And yeah, I, yeah. Rabbit hole re- recap is one of my favorites, obviously. And yeah, and then I I now learned to, I, I'm not listening to one podcast, like what, which I did before just every episode, but now I'm just checking which guest is where. And like, there are periods in my life where I'm like, okay, this guest is, I need to listen to everything what this guest is saying. And then I'm just skipping around. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of Bitcoin content around these days, which is awesome to see. Love it. What's the most fucked up thing that's happened to you while you were filming something? <laughs> In Amsterdam, like I, I was, I was interviewing someone, and I have like this huge bag with all my camera stuff and so on, and. <laughs> there was like i don't even it might be a dinosaur i don't know but it like shat shitted shitted like shit right <laughs> on it and shat. like shat is it shat shat yeah okay yeah it's it's shat like seriously it was like like this big and yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't nice so this was pretty fucked up because yeah i think it's still it's still in there somewhere so yeah never touch my back guys it's full of shit Oh. I just imagine you screaming like the show must go on and then like incorporating <laughs> it into the episode. Yeah. That sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of shit happening. Lower. 
Oh, guys, the the quality of the jokes is going down rapidly. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, hey, that's like we're here for our own amusement. Yeah, see, Pleb, since you've left, we've really taken a, a stronger focus on what we want to do rather than what you want to do. So. Okay. Okay. So, so, so we've really fallen off the map, is what I'm trying to say. No, no, we're, we're, we're squarely <laughs> on the map. We're taking the journey together. It's all, it's all gorgeous. I'm curious what your take is on some of the recent like coin specific, like Twitter drama that's going on. Like what, what do you, as a self-proclaimed seed oil disrespecter, what are your thoughts on the, the kind of like maximalism versus whatever the fuck you'd call the other thing going on? What's your experience of that? So I got to prime everything that I'm saying that like the last two weeks, I was just like, I don't know that much what happened. Obviously I know what, what, what is happening, but I was just like editing the episode because I wanted to get it out. So I don't know all the caveats, how it started, what happened. I just, I just know that, that like there's some fight going on right now. And, but regarding Bitcoin maximalists and like all of the toxicity, I would say it's, or I, I'm of the opinion that it's, it's a very good thing that, that our, our space has, because there's just so much shit going on so much, so much, so much scamming. And it's very, very hard for people to kind of grasp through it because like, like if you mention Bitcoin, they don't even know that like they can't. A lot of people who get new into it, they can't really distinguish it between cryptocurrencies. They just don't know it, you know. And I think as toxicity is kind of, yeah, as here in the chat, toxicity is a feature, not a bug. It's kind of like a filter through all of the bullshit. And I think we need those toxic maxis to kind of have the base, to build the base, because like, this is kind of like we are trying to accomplish something very big, which is basically separate money from, from the state. And so we need to have our foundation as solid as possible. And I think this, is, this toxicity is a way for us to shield ourselves of people who might want to infiltrate this foundation. And so I would say it is, in a sense, good. And yeah, people just need to, I mean, if you, if you're a fucking scammer, you, you gotta be called out and be, be called out by the, the maxis, you know, that, that's, that's, if you do bullshit, bullshit's gonna come back, you know, it's kind of like karma. And, but also I want to say, because a lot of people say that Bitcoiners are so toxic and whatever, like, in my opinion, the Bitcoin people and the plebs are one of the, the best people I've ever met in my life, you know, because like all the connections I made, all the friends uh, through Bitcoin, they are truly, truly special. And if you follow the cause and if you kind of want to help hyper Bitcoinization or if you, if you provide a value to Bitcoiners and to the people, then they're gonna like, it's a, it's like a synergy happening because we all have similar values and we try to accomplish the same thing. So they're going to help you and they're going to like, like just starting out with, with meeting Bitcoiners, I felt like, okay, they want you to achieve, they want to help you to achieve your goals. They're going to help you. So my personal experience with Bitcoiners is like one of the most positives I ever had. So I think this, this perception of being like so toxic 
might be a little bit wrong. Whereas it, this is just a filter to get into this very closed group of people who, if you have the same values, you fit in with those peoples. And then this is a very special, special thing you have because everybody's helping each other. And like, you know, you have those friends for life kind of. And so I think it's just, yeah, the filter for people. Once you have the values, you can get in there and yeah. Still muted. Ah, Twice in the show. I know. I know. Uh, it's like, welcome to my life. And you, you would think Somebody that sent me. you're still working with this guy. I mean, yeah, I know, where's the professionalism? I know. I know it's my pretty Dude. face. It's the only reason I get by in this industry. They told me they'd be improving yeah. my co-host here, but I'm still waiting okay. for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Why do you think people? I just. I'm trying not to lead you to a specific conclusion, but why do you think that there are people who are who are part of the community suddenly like kind of appear to turn against it or kind of go beyond the pale and start advocating against these qualities that you know I think everybody on the show would agree are you know 95% of the time very positive. Where do you think that comes from? I think uh, there's a lot of with like bull markets and with with some reach that people get, I think there there is a lot of ego building up in some people. And I think like being driven by an ego is very can be very detrimental. And I think I don't think that the people even realize that the ego is such a big part of everybody's life. Like the, the, the ego basically, if you never thought about it, just I, I would just like get everybody in this in this chat or something just think about yourself and your, your ego the ego is basically the the person you've created for yourself and the the life you have and i think a lot of those people in the space this ego gets very very big at some point and therefore they are more driven by the ego than they were in the beginning and the problem is that bitcoin and the ego they are basically not you can they don't work together because like you basically need to totally leave your ego to to accept bitcoin and to to understand it. that's also my opinion what happens to nasim taleb or all of those economists they just like their ego to accept bitcoin in a sense or that there is this thing which is basically just code which ch changes like the world and people's lives i think the ego just blinds the vision for them. And I, I have the, like, I think that this might also happen with some Bitcoiners where the values aren't as solid as they should be. And therefore like this vision or this sense of, okay, this is Bitcoin or the, the, the maxis are so toxic. I think it's just because their ego got at some point too big and they are, are not true plebs in the sense yeah i think that's my theory but who knows i think every person is different i don't know what do you guys think i think you made a lot of generalizations and then said every person is different yeah <laughs> but, but i think you also <laughs> really try to take out a lot of feelings a lot of feelings on one person in particular baby hansen carter <clears throat> sorry so what? No, didn't baby hansen carter 
Baby hands at I want to start that. Baby hands at <laughs> okay. Carter. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, isn't it also happened like Richard Hart? Oh, that's a name we should never say here. But Richard he was also. Catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah. He was also a Bitcoiner, right? And Vitalik. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, but maybe it's also a filter for the people to get out again. You know, maybe there's another filter which has to get rid of people who had, don't have the best interest of Bitcoin. Hmm. Maybe. Perhaps. I, I think it, I think there is a healthy practice to my understanding, at least how you don't get these people who spending their, the entirety of their lives and careers focused on being a core developer of Bitcoin I actually think it's very healthy that you see this cycle of people come in and out rather than having one person in charge of it all, focusing all of their themselves, their biases into what they program and create, unlike what you see in a lot of these other protocols. But I have no idea what I'm talking about half the time. So P's yeah. skeptical looks kind of tell me <laughs> I'm wrong. P, how far I just, I just. That? I just didn't understand the direction you were going because I mean, there's the, the Bitcoin is so like much the, broader than just the core devs, right? So there's there's to, obviously no totally. Like I, I I was careful to not say like devoting your whole life to Bitcoin because that's literally what all three of us have done, but I mean it more specific in the lens of like coding within Bitcoin I on Bitcoin. I don't. Club music. Do you have any idea what the direction? Uh, isn't what you want to say that it's also good that the core the, the core developers change with time? Yes. So, yes. Uh, That's yeah. essentially what I'm trying to make. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would agree. Like it's yeah. You you gotta change it up. Like you don't want any core developer to be too too powerful over the code, right? You gotta you gotta slay your heroes at some point. And yeah. So on this topic, I'm just putting of like heroes. all of this. Who is your current yes. Bitcoin hero? God. Jeff Booth. We're gonna no question. Okay, so, so we're going to have to slay Jeff Booth. He can't be slayed. He's half bear. That's that. Yeah. yeah. You just Whoa, said that, slay that's your heroes. A good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Look, if you want to go hand in hand with a fucking grizzly bear, I, I have no interest. Uh, you're gonna that's do, good. But he, uh-huh. he said, do you want to talk about a little bit of the work that you're doing with Jeff and Greg and some of the stuff that you guys have started together? Yes. So I I worked with, with a, a couple of plebs and Greg Foss and James Lavish and um, Seb and Daz. Shout out to all of them. And Jason on something called the, the Looking Glass, which is basically a learning platform for people who don't understand Bitcoin yet. And we have like a curriculum of different, different yeah, aspects you need to understand for Bitcoin. So it's basically just an educational platform, which explains to you where the world is at right now. You're going to understand what inflation is and all that you need to understand where the current financial system is. And it then goes into why Bitcoin might be a solution for the problems we have. And the interesting thing about it, or the 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 point we want to, I want to emphasize here, this is kind of like written for people who have no idea about money, no idea about financial education. So we really focused on 
the people who don't have access to normal educational content. And so basically, I send it to all my my friends and families because they didn't ha- they don't have the time to understand. Okay, this is the history of money. This is the problem with it. And this is kind of like I think all in all, it takes like two hours to take the full course. And yeah, we we built this this platform together. And now we we start to translate it in different in different in different languages. And we we we, we for example we're going now to the Spanish countries. We work with a school in El Salvador together. So it's basically just about educating people who don't have access to financial education about Bitcoin because financial education is just so important. And yeah, it's totally free. It's the Looking Glass education. That's how it's called. And yeah, that's basically what we've been working on. And yeah, I'm very bullish on this project because as I said before, this is what is missing, the education about Bitcoin, about the financial system. Because like me, I was a dumb musician before. I had no idea about money. I didn't even care. Like a lot of my friends, it's just like, okay, I'm going to make music and money is this thing you might get or might not get. But like, I had no fucking clue about the world. And so, yeah, I, I, that's why I kind of like the goal is to get people into it. Well said. That sounds awesome. So, dude. When, when can people, how can people find this? It's called the looking class education. Just Google it's out, it. It's, it's out right now. Up. Yeah, it's out. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's running for, for I think two or three months already. And we have like tons of people doing it and we, we work right now on like a curriculum for schools also, which is pretty cool. So we work with governments together to, or not governments, but like, I don't even know, like organizations, I think, to get this into schools as like, yeah, as a project. So if you're keeping score like I am, we have a musician who's a filmmaker, likes Bitcoin, educates people. I mean, ladies, he's single. I can confirm he's also <laughs> over six feet tall. So you have that covered there as well. Yeah. Sli- slide in them DMs. Let's go. My DMs are always open, guys. Not girls, guys, but girls. So. And he's right. hilarious. I guess, I guess he's welcome wait, wait. to have guys slide in his DMs too. So anyone, no judgment, feel free to slide in his DMs regardless of yeah. what team you got for. <laughs> so I want to to take us through, in order to sort of lure you to do this this What's lure? lure uh, to like pull you in to get you excited about doing this this episode with us last minute because our, our previous guest unfortunately wasn't able to make it i generated some images using oh some God, of the ai no. systems that i become obsessed with and i want to just go through them really quick and see which one it, you identify the most with which one you feel really effectively represents who you are so, so one funny thing i already saved this one i don't know which one that is going to come next but this one is kind of deep I don't want, I feel I don't like know. I'm just witnessing a therapy session between the two of you and P is like, what does this image make <laughs> you feel like? Yeah, that's pretty much what's happening. To be clear, the prompt was like, you know, German man, a young German man with a camera on his shoulder and then some other stuff like Baroque and weird, you know, keywords. And it just went in this crazy direction. Uh, P, you got to have... introduce Dolly too also. 
Oh, this is not actually Dolly 2. This is a different one. But these are systems that take, they have access to basically like, you know, all human generated images or let's say a massive, massive number of them up until like, you know, 2019 or something. They understand human language and you go in and you give them text prompts and then they generate images based on those. So here's another one. You as a man with a glorious beard who also has another sort of midget version of himself hidden inside of the, the camera. I feel like this is a commentary on kind of like the Orwellian state, something, something, something. There's this one. You got the camera growing out of the side of your head. <laughs> and apparently you're from the 18th century. Mm -hmm. This one where you have the future camera. And uh, Did you watch oh, yeah. Peaky Blinders? Yes, yes. I love he the looks gold. Like the, he looks like the, the, I don't know his name, uh, the, the, the Jewish guy, his face a little bit. Do you remember it's true. it? He, he also has half of a beard and no yeah. lip. So yeah. something terrible happened to this version of you. And then I think this is, this is, you said, this is your wife with also a camera coming out of her yeah. room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So which of so these? If anybody, if anybody looks like the last one, please, uh, yeah, I'm going to marry you. Okay. Okay. So which of these do you feel like most accurately represents your inner psychological life? I would say the first one, really. It's pretty cool. This, this one. one. All right. Yeah. I mean, right, look, ask, look, I mean, your neck is a camera. I want you yeah. to understand that is not cute, like separate cute. to look you. at it. Look at it. How cool is it? This person is talking through the camera and he oh, uses the shit. camera to, to, to communicate with the world his... around them. Exactly. I, and what I am I doing? It. I mean, That's I'm just saying exactly. all, all P has done is given ideas of how the robot overloads are going to change your body and make you a human <laughs> camera cyborg. But sure. Celebrate this while yeah, you can. Yeah. And there's also even like, a bee or something, you know, it looks like a bee on the other camera. Yeah, I try to throw a Bitcoin in there too. Also, I like that apparently you, you fly around in a little camera as well. I'm imagining yeah. this is like a little like, you know, uh, seeing you from, from behind as you fly away. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank Quick you for Quick question for you. Mm -hmm. Quick question for you. Now, would you personally integrate to a machine if it's possible at some point? Would I integrate into a machine would i become a cyborg it depends what type of machine like for like for example like there are theories of like okay the technology will evolve blah, blah 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 and like at some point it might be possible to merge with a machine to get like additional additional i don't know whatever but like do yeah. you know would how many short kings are gonna just literally like mind you i'm six two i don't need it but like if you said you can grow six inches by like having a robot legs you understand the wait for that is going to be longer than the wait for the Tesla Cybertruck right now. Yeah. Wait, Stuff right, like this. Like, I don't want that, but like, like the microchips, like uh, you're going down that path a little bit. Like, look, I, I ain't got no muscles up here, but like, look, you want to, <laughs> you want to give me like ripped pecs and a six pack, like through machines down. I mean, those are not, I don't think those are the most interesting aspects of this question. I think it gets really interesting when you're talking about, I mean, yeah, so like a, a new limb, things like that. Like, yes, if I had a limb amputated, if shark jumped out of the water while I was on a, you know, on a boat or a jet ski while I was holding my Bitcoin, bit the arm off and took the Bitcoin with it. That happens thousands of times every day to people. That's one of the most common ways to lose access to your, uh, your stack. Anyway, if that happened to me though, I would certainly take like a cyborg arm. Like that seems like a, a dope, but a dope thing that, now. That's an easy but, one though. Like if you're yeah, missing but, an arm, like if, if my back goes out and I can't walk again, like absolutely. I want a robot spine to like make sure I can walk again. Yes. I'm saying right now you, the clone of P are healthy, fine, dandy. Would you go and put a microchip in your brain to okay, increase so yeah, your here, brain capacity? Here's where it gets interesting. Yeah. 
So I think what you're talking about is like an exocortex, which is like basically if you could have some way of interfacing with a machine that would you know, increase your ability to process information, your memory, things like that, in a way that was not required for a medical reason. Right. That's what you're kind of asking. Yes. What I basically want to improve myself, you know, yes. a la, like, I don't want like, a boob job. A I want a, I want a robot job. Okay. A robot yeah. job, a robot hand job. Got it. Well, first of all, you're going to get your dick ripped off immediately. But after that, <laughs> I mean, I love the idea of it. I would be very, very cautious to give you a real answer around anything that had to do with my brain or central nervous system. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think that you know, there are so many opportunities. How do I say this? We have evolved over millions of years to have a very robust immune system. We have many, many biological systems in place that protect our brains and aim to, you know, prevent certain uh, attack vectors to us functioning as normal people for the most part. Adding bio or, you know, adding non-biological components in your brain has a profound, it creates a pretty significant attack vector. And I wouldn't trust even people with the best of intentions necessarily to, unless I felt like I really deeply understood exactly what this hardware that was interfacing with my brain was doing, I'd be very wary because those things can be hacked. They could be recording information in certain ways that who the fuck knows when or how it could be used in the future. But I just don't want a machine in my, in my brain that could be fucking with me in ways that I wouldn't even know about. That's what she said. I can totally understand. Yeah. I mean, okay, follow-up question. So what is this? Isn't this phone already kind of integrated in our daily life? Because like, if you take this away, basically human beings will be totally different. This is, in a sense, if you think about it, already integrating ourselves Obviously, it's not physical. In a, like, I agree 100% that's something different. But having the phone already like it is, it's already a first step of people integrating together with machines because we are highly dependent on them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's a great point. The same thing could be said for our computers that we use, right? Like, I could not... If you talk to somebody 30 years ago, they, you couldn't even explain how we are having this conversation today and the hundreds of people that are watching us live and the people that are going to go watch after that, like it, literally their brains could not conceive of it. And in the same way, there are going to be technologies that exist while we're still alive in 30 years that the three of us will like barely be able to conceive, but we'll adapt as we go. Or at least you couldn't describe them to us right now and we wouldn't be able to comprehend them, but we could try. I think you're right that phones and computers profoundly affect the way that we behave as humans and who we are and how we think. And I don't I don't think that we give enough credit to that fact. Exactly. Because my f initial, like, first reaction is also, no, I'm never going to do it. Like, never going to integrate with machines or something. But, like, if you think about it, we already are beyond that stage. We are already, in a sense, integrated with machines. And this kind of, like, I'm, I'm very, very skeptical in, of it. Like, but it's just like, for me, it's such a wild thing to think about and like a concept. We are already integrated with machines. And I think this takes a little bit away from this, from this notion of, no, I'm never going to integrate with machines because it's kind of already happened. And yeah, now I'm just wondering, like, may, there might be a safe way to integrate at some point. Maybe it's like, the evolutionary process that human beings are meant to take. Also, 
very very deep topic now but basically we are also integrated into bitcoin right knuts van holm said his one of his things is like if you if you have like the uh, 12 or 24 words in your brain you are basically bitcoin because if you just have it in the brain if there's no paper or anything you are basically bitcoin you are integrated within bitcoin because the only thing that can access it is the words in your head which is kind of a way to integrate yourself as a human being into fucking bitcoin which is wild yeah i mean that is uh, it's a great point i mean another another way you could say that is your your eyes are actually an extension of your brain they go directly into your brain it's part of your central nervous system and they're information processing organs and so the things that you are seeing in text are and just visually are going into your brain already and they are changing the way that you think and feel and interact and i think you know phones specifically there are hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars spent every year figuring out how to essentially hack our the evolutionary systems that we have evolved to capture your attention and keep it on specific things that drive you know that you create financial outcomes for the people that develop those programs like that's a very real thing phone addiction is a very real thing and i have certainly experienced myself how using a phone has it basically has changed the way that I interact with the world. Something sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But it is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. It's a great point. I mean, we we are in many ways already integrated with machines. I think there is a difference though between having a physical thing that is shoved somewhere in your brain. That seems more. It seems like a larger attack surface potentially than having like a you know a phone that you that you're interacting with. Yeah. I agree. Stop shit like, posting so much on Twitter and you won't be addicted to your phone, pleb. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so much fun. <laughs> so I, I also want to be respectful of your time. I know that you, you've you given us an hour and I know you have you have other stuff to do. You have other videos to edit. You have other cool shit to shoot. I want to, I want to end by having you kind of tell people where they can find you. Tell everybody again where this new show is going to premiere, how they can watch it and find it. And then I want to play the ad one more time just so that everybody can see it. The ad Perfect. by ad, I mean trailer. They All the words bl blur together for me. Yeah. Trailer. That's good. That's good. No, basically just pleb music everywhere. So on Twitter, on YouTube, and that's basically where, you, where I'm active. So, but this show particularly got to live on the Bitcoin Magazine channel where you're watching this video right now. And it's going to be posted tomorrow. I think you can already see that, that it's going to be premiered tomorrow. Might be wrong, but basically it's going to be live tomorrow. And yeah, also on my other channel, I have other videos that I've been producing. And yeah, just follow me on Twitter. I think that's the best way to see what I'm up to these days. And yeah, it was awesome talking to you guys. Thanks for the opportunity and talk to all of you soon. Awesome. Ladies, Anything else single. you want? What? Oh. Ladies, he's single. <laughs> Anything else you want to uh, you want to let everybody know before we uh, um, sound again? Yeah, stay humble. Don't let your ego overtake yourself, and just stack sets. Love it. All right, my friends. We're going to play the trailer for the new show that debuts tomorrow on the Bitcoin Magazine channel. Then we're going to be back. Q and I are going to go through news and notes as usual. So stick around. If you have not already got your tickets for Bitcoin Amsterdam, do so. Use code BMLIVE for 10% off. We have, of course, the incredible Bitcoin Magazine 
magazine. The censorship resistant issue is out right now and you should also check it out. It's my favorite issue so far. They just get better and better and better. It's disgusting how awesome it is. Hey guys, this is Q from Bitcoin Magazine Live. We're going back to Miami for Bitcoin 2023. Lock in your tickets before prices go up. Use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your tickets today. The censorship-resistant issue of the Bitcoin Magazine print edition is available now. Grab your copy at your local Barnes & Noble store or head on over to the Bitcoin Magazine store and use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your order today. Bye.